is Sports Better Court with Dan Lust on Better Sports Network. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Better Court. I am your host, your judge, the Honorable Judge Dan Lust. This week, Lust for Law takes us to the world of college sports. We visited Congress for a 10th time this week, yes, a 10th time to talk about name, image, and likeness. If you're living under a rock, which maybe you've been for the last two years and change, that is the law of college sports, how and under what circumstances college athletes can get paid. Right now, about half the states in our country have state NIL law, and it's a very different approach. You have one state that says X, you have another state that says Y, then you have the other half of the country that has no NIL laws, and that's kind of us looking at the NCA to see what they are going to do. Now, what's the NCA going to do? The NCA has thrown their hands up and said, we kind of need a congressional bailout here. We need the federal government. And that message has been very clear across state lines about what uh, what should be on the federal level. Sorry, I have a distraction of children running into my room. But uh, we, we'll make sense of this on Lust for Law. So um, anyway, uh, on Tuesday, we're in the federal court uh, talking about what the federal law should look like. <laughs> Can't make this up on live TV. Uh, and uh, it looks like we have the parameters of what a federal bill should look like. Uh, the question is when a federal bill will come, if it ever will come. Again, we've had 10 congressional hearings at this point. The question is uh, if a federal bill will get approved. The problem was we spent about two hours on Tuesday talking about everything else but name, image, and likeness. We talk about transgender bill. We talk about you know what's going on in the Middle East right now. We talked about Title IX. We talked about a lot of different things other than what it will actually look like and who will police what a federal NIL bill will look like. Will it be the federal government? Will we have senators from the left and the right policing what coaches can and can't say? And, and who's going to have this con- ugly conversation about what union should look like in college sports? That's the question, right? We've been to Congress 10 times, and I don't think we're quite closer to that answer. Yes, I think everyone can agree. There is a conversation we should be having about if the federal government should get involved in college sports, but no one seems to want to get down to the details, right? As we talk about on Lust for Law, the devil in the details. So if you're, again, living under a rock and, and maybe you've heard that Congress is dealing with this federal NIL question, we're not closer today than we were two years ago. Uh, maybe we will be, maybe the 11th time is a charm, but again, we are not closer today despite 10 sessions. Two hours a session, flying in people all into Washington, D.C., it would not closer. It is what it is, but again, uh, you'll be the first to hear it when we do get that one step closer. But I I think we're still at square zero, and uh, that's your federal government at work here. That has been Lust for Law, and this week we have a great show with two fantastic litigants and a betting slate full of NFL action. And when we come back from break, we'll bring them in, the litigants, for another battle on the Sports Better Court of the uh, NHL games. I had a conversation with Coop, uh, Coop A. Fiasco, uh, yesterday nice. when we were producing high stakes, and he was talking about playing video games. And, I, you know, since he covers fantasy football, I said, hey, are you going to be getting the new Madden this year? And he goes, yeah, I don't really play Madden. I play NHL. And that, that tells you, and it really does, that I, I do feel that the NHL game is better than Madden. I feel like Madden is overrated. The NHL game is so realistic. I don't know if you guys saw the trailer and, and all the new additions that they added to this game, but uh, it, it really looks good. Um, I tried finding all the games that I had of NHL, 
And I thought I had a lot. I only have four of them. And that's because I used to live with my uh, my roommate and, and good friend who you know got me into hockey. And we would play most of it in his house. So he has most of the games. But I, I, I do got 21. Uh, I got there NHL 18. We got Connor McDavid up there. Uh, there NHL 12, I think, was the start of the you know new councils for me. But the big one. Okay. The, uh, the Holy Grail of NHL games. Uh, NHL 94 oh, for the Sega Genesis mean, right there. Look at that. Look at that beautiful, that beautiful cover. Look, at, It looks like a VHS tape. Uh, that's how good this game is. Uh, now, let me stop you right there. So, so, people, VHS tape, if you don't know, <laughs> is it's this, like, rectangular black plastic with the magnetic tape on the inside. Tape's this big. You put it in something called the VCR. For a little while, there was something called beta that didn't last too long. Look at this cartridge i mean they're not cartridges anymore they're either discs or those little memory cards but man that thing is that thing is thick right and you don't and even need a cartridge or a disc anymore you can buy the digital version digital version and then you got ron Barr on the book i mean he used oh, to be yeah. always uh in the intro telling you about the team and what was going to be happening in the game so nhl 94 is by far my favorite game uh sports game i love that game Sports Better Court is now in session. It's time for tonight's litigants. First, Matt Kelly. Matt is the founder and CEO of Player Profile. Follow Matt on Twitter slash X at Dodo Underworld. Next, Brian Riscoe. Brian is a player host at WFAN. Follow him on Twitter slash X at Brian underscore Riscoe. All rise for the Honorable Judge Dan Mix. Welcome, welcome to the Sports Better Court. Uh, we, we did have two litigants. Now we have the Podfather and a brown paper bag. Uh, I guess we'll roll with the punches here on the Sports Better Court. Uh, Brian, what is the reason for the bag? Well, the last time, Dan, you had me on, we argued over David Montgomery over five touchdowns. He's gone past that. He has six. And we argued, and I argued the fact that Tua Tunga-Vailoa is not going to go over 3,900 yards this season. He's already up to 1,900 yards in the first six games. So, obviously, everything I've argued has been false. So, I figured I needed to wear the brown paper bag today and just call me the mush. On top of it, I argued the fact that the Saints were going to go over nine and a half wins this year. And right now, that's teetering in the balance. They're sitting at three and three. So, I don't think anything that I've given you guys, info-wise, has been beneficial to the gambler. Um, I remember those well. I did take the David Montgomery over five and a half. We've sealed on that. The two one I've invested very heavily on. I took your bet. I took the over. The problem is I'm not sure Tua, right? He could be healthy one day. The next day he's missing the season. Has never eclipsed the 13 game mark in his professional career. This season might be the first. Um, okay. Uh, Matt, it's your first time on the show. As you've heard, Brian was on the show and, uh, didn't perform that well, apparently in hindsight. So. <laughs> I did. I got, the, I got the win, but nothing and, and nothing I said was right. So, you know what? Maybe that's on the judge. Maybe that's the judge's <laughs> right. scorecard. Maybe right. I got it wrong. Um, but in my court, I'm always right. So it is what it is. Um, so Matt, Brian, uh, you got Brian. You know the rules. For those that are new to the sports better court, we play best two out of three. This doesn't matter if you're right in hindsight. I take the arguments as I see them in my courtroom. Doesn't matter what happens after the fact. Maybe that can be. A next show of ours, the appeal, but uh, we'll take it as it is. Uh, Matt, you were the newbie on the show, so we were going to lead with you. First bet on the betting slate that we are going to look like, uh, that we're going to look at, takes us to 
New England and Foxborough. The Buffalo Bills, the four and two Buffalo Bills, are on the road to face the one and five New England Patriots. Uh, that line, as I see it right now, appears to be. Let's see if it moves, but it is Bills minus eight and a half. Matt, I'm going to give you the floor here. What is your opening argument, sir? Well, home dogs. Uh, eight and a half points are one of the greatest bets in the history of bet. Isn't that if you had to go by just the statistics, statistically, the big numbers, historical, statistical significance, home dog plus eight and a half, that's automatic. That's all. Look what happened last week. You had the Browns at home somehow, right? Did anyone think that was going to happen? No, they won. That was a money line bet that would have cashed right there. And the Jets beating the, the the Eagles, right? So these home dogs with good defenses, that's the easiest bet, especially when they're getting more than a touchdown. It's the easiest bet on the board. It's just a chalk play, guys. That's just It's that, just a system it's just play. A, it's a system. system chalk play. It's okay. not a big deal. This is not I don't have any like Belichick narratives. I don't care about Belichick. I I'm a Patriots fan and because I'm a Patriots fan, I want them to lose. I want them to lose. I want it to be Malik Cunningham. That's, there's a lot of interesting things that could happen in this game. They could bench Mac Jones and turn the game over to Malik Cunningham, and he runs around, and then all of a sudden the defensive game plan that the Bills had, suddenly it's all turned upside down, and it's Malik Cunningham. There's a lot that can happen that can go wrong for the Bills, and they could still win by a touchdown and not cover it. So there's lots of ways that you can win this I hear this. I hear the system play, and I hear that you want the Patriots to tank for Caleb. I got it. Okay, Brian, you're on the other side here. Bills minus eight and a half. Let me hear the So argument. the Buffalo Bills obviously coming off two miserable games. Now, the one in London, obviously they lost to Jacksonville. They weren't expected to lose that game. Last week they come out against the Giants. They did not look good, okay? They made the Giants look actually respectable, which is crazy. So I think the Buffalo Bills coming back, one o'clock start, getting back into the groove. I think for them, this is a game where they got to squash a division opponent. Now, I get it. The system bet play, division plus eight, uh, plus eight and a half. I understand that all. But the Bills are going to come Too in easy. there. And th who are the Patriots? Who are the, who are the weapons on the Patriots? Devontae <laughs> Parker question. is a shill. He looks terrible since he's come from Miami. Judah Smith-Schuster looks terrible. Who is First of all, who is catching the football? Matt Jones is going to get benched again. You could put Cunningham in there. You I, I want that to happen. You yeah, that would be good. Dan Marino. You could bring Dan Marino and his prime back on this football team. They're still not going to win the game. They look slow. No Matthew Judon. I'm sorry. The Bills are going to come in, and they're going to get back into the groove and squash this team. I don't I, think I, you believe bro, that. Bro, I Adrian, think I it's a very good steel man not argument. talented. They look terrible. Gentlemen, gentlemen, the judge. I have the fictional gavel here. Brian, the point's well taken. Uh, I mean, Matt, if we're just listening to your point – Home dog. Let's give him twelve points. Let's give him well, fifteen look, points. Look I what happened last week, though. I know you can't say, "Oh, well, they're, the they're just gonna they're 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 gonna get back into the groove." No, what happened last week is a team that has the even worse receivers. Imagine a team with worse receivers than the New England I Patriots can. is actually I the can. New York Giants. So Kendrick Bourne would be the best receiver sure on the Giants. So they at least have in Kendrick Bourne someone that's more functional than any of the receivers the Giants rolled out there, and the Giants were competitive. The Giants gave the Patriots the game plan. Like, run Ramadre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott 30 times. Is keep Stevenson the game even close. playing? Stevenson even playing? 
It doesn't matter. They're going <laughs> to run the ball. They gave them the playing. game plan. If it's it Stevenson, matter. if it's Elliott, if it's not – it could Ty be – Ty Montgomery? Uh, oh, Throw in Ty Montgomery. Oh, it could be, Ryan, it could Ryan, be Kevin Harris. I'll give you your time. Let, let Kevin Harris is a quality player. So, yeah, either way, they're going to – they. The, the game plan is we're going to run the ball. We're going to, we're going to take the air. And then if the, the, the game total comes down, it's that much harder to win by eight and a half. I, I'm not, I'm not hearing that. The, normally Matt, in this position, you would tell us that the Patriots suck, but they're better than we expected. I'm not hearing that. You're just saying system play. The bills played the giants close. The Patriots and the bills are so no, the bills are overrated is what you're, what I'm here. What you're here. The every year, the bills have the opportunity to lock in extra talent in the draft and bolster things like their offensive line and their defense. And what do they do? Dalton Kincaid, right? So the, the bills have been quietly leaking talent in the NFL draft and in free agency the last couple of years. And now you're starting to see that they're just not the team they were the last few years. Um, okay, Brian, I'm going to give you the last word here. I'm looking at the Patriots schedule. Um, I, it's not looking good. If your only win is against the 15, uh, 15 to 10 to the Jets, I'm not sure how many points you're putting up. Granted, Buffalo might be overrated, but we're coming off a week uh, when last time New England was at home, week, week five, they lost 34 to nothing to the New Orleans Saints, which I think we can all agree is a lesser team uh, than the Buffalo Bills. So, Brian, I'll let you have the last word here. Uh, sell us on eight and a half. Do you think they can actually cover that number? The Bills haven't been that good away from Orchard Park, but I do. I, do. I think here. I think the Bills are going to be back into a routine, which I think is big. I think they've been all over the place with the whole London thing. That screws teams up. I think they come in. I think they squash the Patriots. Now, defensively, this is what the real question of the game is really going to come up to because the Patriots can't move the football. We all know that, right? So and they can't throw it. They can't – well, they can run it a little bit with Madre Stevenson, but they can't throw it. They can't catch it. Their special teams has been weak, which is – uncharacteristic for a Belichick team. The question is in this game, is the offense going to be able to move the football on the Bills defense who is battered and bruised? They lost Matt Milano. He's a big cog in that defense for the Buffalo Bills. My my I think the Bills have enough enough depth defensively to still pipe down the fact that the Patriots are going to score. You got to admit, the Bills are going to score points. Josh Allen might throw a couple picks, but they're going to score points. Can they stop the Patriots offense? I'm going to stop everyone right here. Uh, I've heard enough on this one. Uh, I don't know if you guys do your research on your judge. Your judge is a Bills fan over here, but I didn't really need to be for this argument. Eight and a half is a huge number. The Patriots are trending in the wrong direction. Yes, eight and a half, it's kind of begging you to take the Patriots, but I, I don't know if the Patriots have a pulse here. And they've been losing against the spread, very importantly, these last couple of weeks. I'm going to go, Brian, you're going to take round one, Buffalo Bills. I think this number is going to climb. So this is me. You're listening to the show. I think you take the bills before this number gets to Stevenson practice today is going to play. Okay. I didn't get, I didn't get, yeah, I didn't check that. Okay. Let us see. Um, Okay. So we'll take a break here, Ryan. uh, You take a number round number one, Uh, a reminder, fantasy alarm and all pro subscription sponsor the show. Unlock all content for all sports, including the annual draft guide each and every year. One-on-one access expert in the discord, build better lineups for DFS, get access to everything. Fantasy alarm offers, save an extra $100. When you unlock all access, use promo code LOCK, L-O-C-K, at fantasyalarm.com slash LOCK. Okay, next bet, we'll say within the AFC East, uh, a bet that I have been very interested on. It is uh, the Miami Dolphins playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Brian, I'm going to let you take the line here. We have Miami 5-1. and one. We have Eagles 5-1. and one. I'm not sure what the line has fallen here. Last I checked, I think it was 
minus two and a half. Yes, I'm seeing that up there. Minus two and a half on FanDuel. Um, Brian, who do you like here and why? I think I like the Dolphins here. I think it's going to be the Dolphins came out in the first quarter last week and they did not look good against the Carolina Panthers. They quickly got it together um, for the last three quarters. I mean, they just blew the doors off them. Actually wound up covering the line, even though they were 14-point favorites and they were down 14 nothing in the first quarter. They came back like barnstormers. Tyreek Hill might be the best receiver in football at this point now with, with the Justin Jefferson injury. Tua Tagovailoa looks like a man who can't be stopped. The defense is always stout with Miami. The Eagles are coming off definitely an ugly loss against the Jets. They did not look good. They couldn't move the football against the Jet defense. I see the Dolphins definitely covered. You're going to give me the Dolphins plus two and a half, and I believe the Dolphins could be one of the best teams in football. I will take the Dolphins 110% all day to the cows come home. Matt. The Eagles are the best team in football. What are we talking about? When was the last undefeated team in the regular season? This Teams are going to lose. Teams are going to go on the road to teams that have great defenses and they're not going to be able to move the football. And that's the NFL. That happens. This is the perfect – this is amazing. This is perfect. The public is dying to just pound the Dolphins on the road into oblivion. That makes no sense. Okay? This line is just weird. Right? It, there's been a few very weird lines. When the lines are just weird, it's like – this is a better, you realize the Eagles are a better team, unit by unit, defense, front seven, linebackers, secondary, unit by unit. The Eagles are a better team and they have a better quarterback, right? And yes, the, yes, I would, I, by a little bit, the Dolphins have a better wide receiver duo, but the Eagles have a, a better overall receiving team. Because they not only have Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, which are almost as good as Tyreek Hill and, 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 and Jalen Waddell, but they, all, they have a much better tight end. They have DeAndre Swift, the best running back they've had in forever. So their offensive line is, is as good, if not better, than the Dolphins. So, yes, I understand the Dolphins have been putting up these video game numbers, and that's big blowouts against other teams, not the Eagles don't help you when you actually have to play the Eagles at home. Those blowouts are the reason why this line is so tight. It doesn't belong that tight. It's weird. Let, let me, let me jump in here. So we do this. We try, I try to look at, I try to look at the look ahead lines, what we've learned about each team. So we just talked about the bills and the Patriots, the preseason opening line for that game was Patriots plus two and a half. We've learned a lot about the Bills and the Patriots in that time. Bills look pretty good. The Patriots look pretty bad. That line has now moved six points. So I would think we've learned a little bit about the Eagles and the Dolphins. I think the Eagles are – I think they're still a strong team. I don't know, Matt, if I'm ready to say that they're the best team in football. I think the 49ers have something to say about that. But they're still a solid, solid team. I think the Dolphins are – I think, you know, we've covered the odds of the show on the Dolphins. Dolphins are better than expected. That said – this line has not moved. This line has stayed at two and a half the entire year from the preseason to today. So, Matt, to your point, it is begging you to take the Miami Dolphins. So, Brian, we talked about this offline. The Dolphins at home, I think, cover this easy. I think they, they beat the pants off the Eagles, and I'm happy to say it. Now, what we did see is when the Dolphins went to Buffalo, this was not the same team that put 70 points up on Denver. Um, so, I, I, I understand here that you like the Dolphins, but what, what is telling you 
that they should cover this point. They should have the points on the road. The only game that they lost this year against the Bills, they lost the turnover battle. They were giving up the football left and right. I think they learned from that. From a coaching standpoint, if you watch the Eagles last week on third and nine with a minute 40 left to go, wherever it was against the Jets, they're throwing the football right into the hands of Tony Adams. That tells me that the Dolph, that the coaching standpoint from Nick Sirianni, he was questioning himself. Now, from a coaching standpoint, I would much rather take the Dolphins in this contest after what I saw last week against the Jets. I think that was putrid. It was bad coaching. They gave up the football. The turnover battle was lost. I think they lose the turnover battle against Miami again. Reason being, Miami learned from their mistakes against Buffalo. And I don't see – and you heard the post game with Mostert. Mostert said, we're just going to keep going. This engine's going to keep running. And I believe him. I mean, what is there – there has been nothing to show you – in this Miami Dolphin team to suggest otherwise at this point. So I'm taking, and it's under a field goal. And if the game is teetering in the balance, I think Miami wins it. I think their capability to drive the football in the final minutes will put them in field goal range and take that. Take okay, price. Matt, I'm going to give it to you with, with this note. No, no hold Looking on, hold on. How many schedule. wins? Hold on. How many wins? No the Dolphins, Matt, the teams no, the Dolphins no have beat this year. Judge. Can you count I'm how many wins they've had? There's, there's no, there's no interrupting the, the judge. Broncos, the Who have they beat? Is my, is my they audio beat anybody? You can't interrupt the judge on the show. I'm going to give you the last word here. We had a five and zero Eagles heading into last week. This could be the game which Miami had a couple weeks ago. You get embarrassed by the Bills, you come out and you make the the Panthers look bad. So it looks like this could be this week for you, right? Five and zero, now five and one, and you're going to Miami. Is this the game where the Eagles put up some points on Miami? He's counting. Three wins. The teams they beat have three wins. That's it. Am I missing one? I might be missing one. Oh, the Chargers. Sorry, the Chargers. Okay, five wins total. Five wins total, the teams they've beaten. What are we talking about? The one team they played that's any good blew them out. Um, I think we're talking about a lot of things, but I'm ready to render my, my verdict here. Um, I don't think this has happened in the history of the show before, but Brian, I'm going to give you the first two rounds here. Um, I do think, uh, I do think this is Miami. I'm not sure. Listen, I thought that line was weird last week with the six and a half. Uh, I didn't see that much from the, from the Eagles. I think Miami is with a healthy Tua, a very dangerous team right now. I think they buck that trend and they win on the road. Uh, and they look pretty good. Um, Okay, so uh, we're going to take a break here. We're heading to round two. Matt, there's the best bet here. You know, just got to convince the judge. This is the one where the judge invests his money. Show is not over here. We'll come back for break, and we'll see you both when we come back here. The Bears have to be one of the most inept franchises of any sport I've ever seen in my entire life. And they share the city with the White Sox, who are also inept. Like, that is how bad the Bears are. I just don't understand how you can go your entire existence and the quarterback that wins you a Super Bowl is Jim McMahon <laughs> you couldn't find anybody else they you don't had they don't have a good history with quarterbacks but they let him be you the had for a long time too Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes right there mm -hmm. and you drafted Mitch Trubisky they were right there. I don't, you know, I, I, there's a lot of pain in being a Falcons fan. The Bears are one of the teams I could argue they might have it worse, and they have a Super Bowl.
And when the best quarterback in the past 50 years is Jay Cutler, you have a problem. That's so funny that you just said that. We were talking about Jay Cutler the other day, me and my friend. And I was like, yeah, he was on because we were watching the Colorado Rockies game against the Giants. And it looked like he was behind the thing. I was yeah, well, he played for Denver most of his career. We, We looked it up. Chicago let him be their starting quarterback way too long. <laughs> like, it, it, here's the thing too: is that Jay Cutler wasn't bad. Like, he was erratic. He wasn't terrible though. The poor man, Brett Favre. I'm taking yeah. him over Justin Fields. I'm sorry. Yeah, I would. But yeah. Jay Cutler led that team to an NFC title game. Yeah. That they lost to Green Bay, but he's gotten farther than anybody else. You want to know who the other starting quarterback? was for the Bears in the other Super Bowl appearance they made? It was Rex Grossman. <laughs> what are we doing out here? It was Rex Grossman and Kyle Orton was the backup. How are you that bad? Bro, like, oh my God. <laughs> Listen to the top five. According to football reference, the top five greatest Bears quarterbacks of all time. Jay Cutler, number one. I can't believe it. Sid Luckman, who Sid last played in 1950, is number two. Jim Harbaugh is number three. Jim McMahon, the Super Bowl winner, is number four. And he played there for six years. <laughs> and Mitch Trubisky oh, no way. is number five on the list no as terms of passing yard go. All rise for Sports Better Court with Dan Lust on Better Sports Network. Welcome back to the Sports Better Court. We are here for the third and final bet. Um, Matt, you just have to know, last time Brian lost, he gave me three picks, and they all turned out to be losers. So sometimes judge gets it right, gets it wrong, but you can have the postscript here if both those bets turn out to be winning bets. For the third bet, I do this, unfortunately, each and every week. The third bet is where I make a pledge to both of you and to the viewers where I invest my own money here. So this is uh, slightly problematic. So there's a little bit riding on the line and uh, I just have to go with my gut for this one. But we're going to go where I am from, the New York Giants. Uh, Full disclosure, I used to work for the Giants once upon a time. Wouldn't necessarily call myself like a Giants diehard. I'm a Bills fan, but listen, I support all uh, football over here. We have the Washington Commanders at three and three. New York Giants coming off of that heartbreaker on Sunday night football. It's sitting at one and five. The line, as I see it, Commanders minus two and a half. Uh, Matt, I'm going to give you the opening argument here. Who do you like, Commanders or Giants? Commanders. If we, if we, if we, this this team is uh, pretty frisky, isn't it? I, I, I thought I thought we, we like the Commanders, right? You tell me. Yeah this this is this this is this is one this is one situation. This is a this is a road favorite that only is only has to win by a field goal. That's a that's a big difference than trying to win by eight and a half, something like that. The Commanders are a better team. They have one of the better fronts, uh, better front sevens with their defense. Okay, what's their big weakness? Their big weakness is their secondary. What's the one area the Giants can't hurt you? The secondary. It's right? true. They can't they hurt you the with their receivers. They have the worst receiving core. We established this in the last segment. Worst receiving core than even the Patriots. So this is actually a really bad matchup for the Giants because notice. the one area that they can like say, the okay, we can, we actually, at least we have Waller and, and Barkley, and then the commander's defense is a bad matchup. Also, Sam Howell is playing great. He's playing, he's what the Steelers wanted from Kenny Pickett is what the Washington commanders are getting 
from Sam Howell on player profiler. He's number one in money throws. This guy has has an underrated receiving core, and this offense is able to move the ball down the field. I actually think that this is a this is a pretty easy bet. Okay, uh, Brian, you have the other side here. Giants plus two and a half. What's the counter? So the Giants obviously came out last week against the Bills and actually looked kind of formidable, even with Justin Pugh, who came right off the couch. I mean, he said it during the broadcast, right off the couch. Justin Pugh was playing guard, got moved outside to tackle, which he hasn't played there in seven years. Tyrod Taylor, if he does play in this game, which it seems like he does, Dave all came out today uh, during the, before practice and said that he's still not cleared by the doctors. It doesn't seem like he will play. Believe it or not, I have the confidence in Tyrod Taylor over Daniel Jones. The Giants pretty much bid well moving the football against the Bills last week. They just couldn't put it in the end zone. And that's really what came down to it. They were down there on the goal line before halftime, and um, Tyrod Taylor had a brain fart and decided to audible to a run when you should be throwing the football with no timeouts. But they were down in the red zone multiple times, including on that last drive. I think the Giants will be able to move the football, as, and it's crazy to even say this, as long as Tyrod Taylor's back there, he got the ball out quicker, took a little more pressure off that offensive line. And you can say what you want about this wide receiving core, but the Giants have, the Giants' offensive line has been a sieve. Daniel Jones hasn't had any time to throw to these receivers. It's a terrible matchup. So you want to you throw – yes, but Montez Sweat runs on that defense, and he is out. I think he's injured. I don't think he's playing. Montez Sweat is the best defensive lineman on that team. He's a game wrecker. If he's not playing, the Giants will be able to move the football on this week's secondary with – Darren Waller, Wondell Robinson, Saquon Barkley coming out of the backfield. I think there's a lot of weapons here with the Giants. And you can see with this giant team, I watch them every week, right? With this giant team, you can see that the players are still playing for Dayball. There was a lot of questions if the players quit during games. Last week, this team played for Brian Dayball. And I think it was a huge plus to see this team play for them and stay in the game against Buffalo. Do you know they have Matt, the worst point differential you, in the Matt, league? Hold on, hold on, hold on, Matt, hold on. Before we go back, we, we do have to talk about something. Matt, you have this idea in your head. The Giants have terrible wide receivers. Uh, Wondell Robinson, Darius Slayton, I don't know who we're talking about in the Patriots, but with Barkley, with Waller, there is some semblance of receiving core, assuming that someone can throw them the ball. That's the question. So I, I don't know if we have this week. Do we have – I'm not sure who knows this. Tyrod, Danny Jones, who's the pick this week at quarterback? Do we know Not yet? yet. It's not confirmed. The doctors haven't cleared – That's a big question. Not, right. So uh, – I, this is like a contingency play for me, I want to say. If Tyrod plays, take the Giants plus the points at home. If he doesn't play, I would be a little more skeptical on this bet. Okay, so, Matt, I'm going to come to you here. This is the question. I'll put your, your kind of gambling hat on. What does this line move to if we have a Danny Jones starting quarterback versus Tyrod Taylor? I'm not sure. I know my Giants friends fans think that they'd rather have Tyrod behind the helm, but I'm not sure that the books are going to say that. I, I think it's a wash. The problem is Tyrod Taylor is the weakest throwing arm in the league. Okay. So he has a pop gun arm. He can get, which is, which aligns with their talent, right? It's the, the, the short and intermediate quadrants is where Wandale is going to operate, where Waller is, where Barkley is. So that's why he can go like 28 for 38 with the yards per attempt of like four. That's Tyrod Taylor, right? <laughs> and if you have the worst pass blocking offensive line, which the which the the Giants do, then it then actually you want that mobility from Tyrod Taylor. That makes sense. I get it, but he can't push the ball down the field. So that's 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 the that's the the trade off of having Tyrod over Daniel Jones. So like I said, I think it's a wash. You get more mobility, a little more accuracy uh, from Tyrod Taylor, and you, you, you don't have the you have the, the the threat of the deep ball. So I don't think the line moves much at all. I, I don't think it, it, 
everyone knows that Daniel Jones, that contract was a mistake that he can be fine when the offensive line is, is healthy and playing well. And he's the type of quarterback. There's a lot of quarterbacks around the league that are like this, that they can look competent when they have that extra second. And when they lose that extra second, they look incompetent. So, but that that's the giants. They're just a dysfunctional organization right now. The whole team is not, it, it doesn't work. The, Washington actually doesn't look bad. This looks like a functional defense and a functional offense week in, week out. The Giants have the worst point differential in the league, a worse point differential than the Patriots, a worse point differential than the Broncos, and a worse point differential than even the Panthers. That's that's fair. So let's – let's. Uh, well, I, I do want to talk about this. I, I think without them – we did reference it. The Tyrod Taylor mismanagement at the end of that first half, we could be talking about a very different Giants team. Yes, we call them dysfunctional. They kicked the field goal at the end of the first half. They actually probably – I mean, they would have won that game. So I don't know what this line goes to. I, I Again, I like looking at this look-ahead line. I think it tells us something. Minus two and a half, Giants were favored when this line first opened up, and now it's completely flipped. Are the Giants that much worse than we thought they were? Probably. And, and I think the commanders are that much more competent. Brian, I'm going to let you have the final word here. Um, uh, full disclosure, I see an OCU Manura jersey in your background. Uh, Matthias Kiwanuka. That's and that's, that's OC right, right there. I did there see you go. OC. And then right here is crazy. Kevin Boss. Yeah. And then you got Sims. Yes, I am a Giant fan. And I'll be in the house on Sunday, too. I'll be going to the game. So you got to make these disclosures. <laughs> uh, yes, as an attorney, you're going to talk about your biases. I'm going to let you have the last word here. Let's remove your bias aside. The Giants might be one of the worst teams in football. I don't necessarily agree with Matt if they're the worst receivers in football, but they're not getting thrown the ball. So whether it's Tyrod or it's Danny Jones, you have to have a competent passing attack to win in the NFL or some semblance of a running game. And uh, Giants have really had neither the entire season. So um, I I think you just got to kind of fade the Giants until we see otherwise. Last week, notwithstanding, it was a giant number. Uh, 15 points is a huge amount. But um, do do you feel that something has fundamentally changed with the Giants this week that we haven't seen the last couple I do, weeks. and a lot of it has to do on the defensive side of the football. Last week, that defense was good. I mean, that defense held the Bills, which is a high-powered, high-octane offense. They got takeaways. They played really well against that offense last week. I think when you're looking at the defensive standpoint, when the Giants first came out in the season, they looked like – Wink Martindale looked like he'd never, he was never a defensive coordinator in his life. I think – a lot of it has to do with the way we run camps now. There's no more hitting anymore. I think it takes a few weeks for the defense to get going. And that's that basically epitomizes what Bobby Okereke has been able to do the last two weeks. Bobby Okereke came from the Colts, and Frank Reich told one of my uh, colleagues over at WFAN, Boomer Esiason, that because they're tight, they went to college together, that he's one of the best defensive players he's ever coached. Bobby Okereke, uh, Okereke after the last two weeks against the Dolphins, he should have had that pick. Turns out it worked out because it went into Pinnock's hands and he took it 100 yards for a score. He should have had that pick. <laughs> Okereke last week was dominating. And then a, a, the, the emergence of Micah McFadden as well on this giant defense has been something to, to take notice. I mean, he has been really, really good. And I think defensively, they're going to they're gonna stifle Sam Howell and the, and the Washington commanders. I think that's what's going to happen I, this week. I'm going to have to see it. I will say that the Jets defense plays in the same stadium. They've taken a little bit less time to work their way up to speed. So and they play in the same weather, same facilities, all that fun I stuff. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to see it from the Giants before I'm investing any more money. And Lord knows I've lost a lot of money in the Giants this year. So uh, Matt, <laughs> I'm happy to be wrong, but Matt, I'm gonna go with the Commanders minus two and a half. I think the Commanders are the superior team to this point in the year. And if it's two and a half, Giants have not shown anything relating to home field advantage at least thus far. The turf might claim another victim. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what goes on. 
uh, over first, at first day, uh, first day home game of the season for the Giants. So take, oh, take, Jay's nice. take that for what it's worth. I mean, it's not the first time. In the <laughs> they're t- not gonna they're terrible on prime time. So we'll see. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see. Um, so Matt, we're going to give you the best bet. Unfortunately, that means that by, by contractual obligation, I have to bet against the Giants this weekend. I hope I'm wrong, but it is what it is. That's one of those double-edged swords. Either I win or I win or I lose or I lose one of those. Um, Matt, Brian, excellent job. Brian, we're going to give you the dub overall. Uh, Matt, you get the best bet. But time will tell. We'll figure out on uh, Monday night who's uh, who's actually right in these bets. So, Matt, don't feel too bad. You could go 3-0 and here very, very quickly. The judge isn't always right here, except it's my uh, show, so the, I guess the, I win the, on my The best show. bet is the Eagles at home. Um, we'll see. we'll see. You can come back. You can drop in my replies if I'm wrong. Here. That'll do it for us over in the Sports Better Court. We'll see you next week, 6 p.m. over here on the Sports Better Court. Brian, Matt, excellent job. Uh, that'll do it for us here. Seven o'clock. Lisa Ann does fantasy better. Seven o'clock back on Better Sports Network. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>